What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We're going over the Jacksonville Jaguars today. And I gotta say, it's a team I've been pushing off. And I've been pushing it off because they not only have a new quarterback, but they've got a new head coach, they've got a new offensive coordinator. So I've been trying to gather as much information as possible to help me project this team and this offense because there's so many directions it can go and while I have not found exactly what I was looking for it's time to project the team so basically based off everything I've been finding I'm doing my best but just know with these players on this team specifically there is a decent range of outcomes compared to my projections and we're going to talk about that I'll mention it what I think could happen where I might be wrong on the projections on here So just keep that in mind. But with that said, let's start talking about those actual changes that they've experienced. They hired Urban Meyer to be their head coach, and he brought in Daryl Bevel, who was the offensive coordinator for the last two years with the Lions. He brought him in to Jacksonville to be the offensive coordinator there. Then they drafted quarterback Trevor Lawrence. They drafted running back Travis Etienne. They drafted offensive tackle in the second round, Walker Little. They added wide receiver Marvin Jones, who, by the way, from Detroit, so he has that coach connection with Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, both from Detroit, and they also added cornerback Shaquille Griffin and a couple other people here and there. So let's look at the trends, let's look at the history, and usually I I give you guys, you know, hey, the pass rate for this team last year was this, and yada, 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 but with a new quarterback and a new coach, all of that is completely irrelevant, honestly. So I'm going to look at PFF's Positional rankings, they've got this offensive line 23rd, slightly better than last year, 30th D-line, 17th linebacking core, and 27th ranked secondary. That is overall a pretty bad defense, and it makes sense that they passed the ball 60, I guess I am going to say it, 65% of the time last year. It was because they had a bad defense, and they're just playing catch-up, trying to let it rip, and their offense wasn't very efficient or anything, so it's not like they could fully commit to the run game. This year is going to be different. All reports say Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer both want to run the ball. They think it's the lifeline. The basic lifeline of a good offense is having a strong run game, a potent run game that can set up the explosive pass game. And they are just hammering home all the time how much they want to run the ball. And if that's the case, it makes perfect sense with the moves they've made because they drafted an offensive lineman and they drafted a running back in the first round despite having James Robinson there already. So you could just say right there that this team is going to look completely different offensively and scheme-wise and all of those things. So I'm going to definitely be changing up that 65% pass rate. It's not going to be anywhere close to that. I don't think it's going to... This team is going to look very, very different. They want to hit explosive plays downfield and setting that up off the run. Right? The Jags defense, it's not worse than it was last year, but 
with more offensive pieces, a quarterback upgrade, the efficiency of the offense should improve. So because the efficiency is improving, that would lead to more plays, generally speaking. But if there's a shift to a more run-heavy approach, that's going to run the clock out more, right? And if they're running out the clock more, then guess what? That means they're not going to get in as many plays. So I actually see the play pace, despite them being more efficient, being similar to last year because they're going to run more often. And that sets the plays at 1,025. This is a huge guess for me, but I see the split for this team being about 56% pass, 44% run. That is almost 10% different from last year. And I think they're going to be able to pull it off. I, I really do. Maybe he wants to be like 52-48 and he wants to run even more. I do think that defense is going to hold that back a little bit. So that's why I still have him passing a little bit more than maybe he would want to in the 56% range. And another thing that helps offset the bad defense because, you know, the worse the defense is, you have to pass more. Another thing that offsets that is that Trevor Lawrence himself runs the ball. You know, like a Justin Fields, not like Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be crazy once he's playing and, and running the ball. But like a Trey Lance and uh, a Russell Wilson, you know, they run a medium rusher, basically. Now, Fields does have potential, and Trevor does also have potential to run like Kyler. But it's less likely because they're going to focus a lot more on their passing skills and, and passing the ball than Kyler does. So that's kind of just a little explanation there on why I don't have them running as much. They definitely have the ability, though. Anyways, to continue on, right, 56% pass rate. That's what I'm projecting. And that's going to lead to 574 passes, 451 runs. So let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. I see Trevor Lawrence similar in skill as a runner to Justin Fields but with better short weapons, closer to the line of scrimmage, LaVisca Chenault, Travis Etienne. So he's probably going to run a bit less because he's got better weapons to work with close to the line of scrimmage. He's going to be more likely to throw some check downs to toss the ball to those guys and let them do work than Fields is. Fields is probably more likely to just take it himself. So with Fields at six runs per game, I'm going to put Trevor Lawrence at five runs a game. That's 85 attempts for 425 yards and four touchdowns. This is one of the things I could definitely be wrong on. It's possible Trevor Lawrence runs the ball 150 times for 700 yards and six or seven touchdowns on the ground, which would make him significantly better in fantasy. But I'm going to go a little bit on the more medium side of his rushing and I'm not going to project towards his rushing ceiling. And I'm going to just keep that in my mind. Keep that in the potential category on the draft sheets. This guy could definitely outperform by a pretty good margin where I haven't projected. Now, let's talk about the 574 passes. If Urban Meyer successfully builds the run game as he wants, Trevor will be more efficient than your average rookie quarterback. Even one that is, because he's better than your average rookie quarterback. That's what we expect, right? But it'll be even better than the highly touted guys. Now, that's the tough thing to figure out is if that run game is going to be successful uh, successful enough to the point where Trevor's kind of super efficient off of a, you know, a heavy run game and play action pass. That's what I was looking for, play action pass offense. Now, if we look re to the recent highly touted rookie quarterbacks, I'm talking Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. If we look at these guys in their rookie seasons, it kind of helps me come up with my projection for Trevor Lawrence because, and I decided this before I looked at their stats, right? I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a better passing season 
as a rookie than Kyler's rookie season. It's going to be worse than Herbert's rookie passing season. Probably going to be on this a similar level to Joe Burrow's rookie season in terms of passing. And then I looked up all three of those guys, and it turned out, hey, Joe Burrow is actually the exact middle of Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert in terms of passing metrics, passing efficiencies. And I was like, well, that works out perfect. Now I feel more confident now. And so looking at those rookie stats, I come to the projection of a 65% completion rate, 10.7 yards per completion, and a 4.1% touchdown rate for Trevor Lawrence. And 10.7, it doesn't sound that great, right? It's really not. But even Justin Herbert last year was in the 10s. Herbert was at 10.9 yards per completion. Um, Burrow was like 10 point, if I remember correctly, it was like 10.5 or 10.6. And Kyler was like 10.3. So a lot of these highly touted rookies, even when they come out and they're good passers, they're, they're not going to be, you know, in the 11 and a half, 12 type of range. Just it's, it's too hard. You know, the NFL is too much of a shock to rookies for them to just be that good right off the bat. And I don't even think Patrick Mahomes would have been able to do what he did in his second year if he started his rookie season. I'm sure that season off really, really helped him as he learned and just, you know, got a bunch of experience behind Alex Smith. So overall, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a solid quarterback too for us in fantasy. He's got huge potential if the run game goes to the wind and if he throws as much as the Jaguars did last year. I've got him for 574 passes. Last year, the Jags were in the, I believe, 630-plus range, and that was with one game less. So if Trevor ends up throwing the ball that much, then he's got mad potential. Or if he runs more than I'm projecting, he has mad potential. So we've got two different routes for him to become much better than projected. And he's already pretty high for me. I have him at quarterback, I believe, 16, 15 or 16. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But he always, always has a chance to just put up a great game. He's got an easier division in terms of the defenses. He's got the Texans and Titans twice a year each. Pretty easy defenses to go up against. He's got a green schedule overall. So I definitely like him a good amount as a later pick in drafts. Let's talk about the running backs. James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I personally am of the belief that James Robinson will be the main carry getter. I see about a 58-35 split among the running backs for Robinson and Etienne, with James Robinson getting about 58% of the carries to the running backs, 35% going to Etienne, and the rest, like 7%, going to Carlos Hyde. So that's 200 carries for James Robinson, 121 carries for Travis Etienne. Etienne will take a majority of the receiving work, However, he won't erase James Robinson from the receiving game because James Robinson is a better pass blocker as of right now. He's actually a pretty good pass blocker, part of the reason why he was such a workhorse last year and was always on the field. And because of that, he's going to be there for third downs and he's going to end up getting some targets. I see the running back position getting about 18 to 21% of the targets for the team with 12% going to Travis Etienne, about the, you know, workhorse running back average and obviously etn is not that but in the receiving game he will be and james robinson getting six percent of the targets both of these running backs are probably good targets for us in dynasty people look at travis etn and they're like oh man james robinson is there in the way and they look at james robinson they say he was a late round pick and he's probably going to end up either late round pick or undrafted i don't remember at the moment but they look at james robinson and they say you know he's probably done like He's going to have a tough time getting a starting job somewhere else because there's good free agent running backs every year. Teams love drafting rookies. So it might be, you know, time for James Robinson to kind of just 
already fall out in terms of fantasy, um, fantasy prowess and, and, you know, stuff like that. So I think they're both good targets because of it, because Travis Etienne and James Robinson are not going to be competing forever. They're not going to hurt each other forever. James Robinson is probably gone mid-season or at the end of this season. Now, unless they want to basically have like a Browns-esque offense where they're pounding like, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, except it being James Robinson and Travis Etienne, I don't see them keeping Robinson around for too long. They're probably going to get a good value out of him by trading him mid-season to somebody who either loses a running back or somebody that's already lost a running back. So keep that in mind. I think James Robinson, by the way, two great spots for him would be LA, but they don't really have much to trade at this point because they've traded so much away the past few years for studs. So that's kind of out of the question in terms of being realistic. But the Falcons might, if the Falcons end up being like, okay, and Mike Davis is really just the guy that I think he is, and that's just a guy, a Jag, then they might say, hey, James Robinson, he could really step up this offense and he can kind of be like a Derrick Henry for us. Obviously not to the same extent of talent, but that's another place that James Robinson might be able to go. So with that said, I think they're both, you know, decent running backs for redraft. They're going to be like flexible for most of the season. They've got also a very good schedule, just like Trevor Lawrence. So with that said, that's all I got on the running backs. Not too much to analyze. If you're going to ask me which one I would rather have, I'm going to say, are we talking PPR or standard or half? If it's PPR, take ETN. Anything else, I'll take James Robinson. I have them ranked back to back with actually Robinson a little bit higher, but I think ETN has more potential because we already know for sure that he's going to get a good receiving role. We don't know what Robinson's receiving role is going to be yet. LaVisca Chenault. This is the main guy that I'm taking on this team. Aside from Trevor Lawrence, if I'm waiting on quarterback and I already missed out on a couple guys that I like later, like a Cam Newton, which we just finished talking about on the last podcast episode, outside of that, LaVisca Chenault is going to be my most drafted Jaguar, especially in redraft leagues. Dynasty leagues, I feel like his price is really high. You guys remember, I was super high on LaVisca. Why? He has the best hands and the best catch statistics in last year's loaded rookie wide receiver class. He's got the best hands out of all of them. And I think he's going to take over the number one spot. And if you guys remember, I actually had a LaVisca Chenault versus Chase Claypool video on YouTube. It was like a Dynasty Showdown video. A lot of people were all over Claypool. Oh man, this guy could be a top 15, top 12 Dynasty wide receiver. And I'm like, you guys need to pump the brakes. LaVisca Chenault is better than Chase Claypool is for Dynasty. And that got a lot of interaction for sure. A lot of people definitely disagreed. I'm not sure many people disagree now. A lot of people have come around, seen what I saw a long time ago, and are starting to say, you know what, maybe LaVisca is is the dude. And that's funny because that was before they added Marvin Jones and Travis Etienne. They just added two more mouths to feed in the offense. And still everyone is starting to come over to to LaVisca. So, you know, I'm projecting a 22% target share for him. I'm having, I have DJ Chark, sorry, DJ Chark at 20%. So I don't think Visca's going to like completely take over, but I think they're going to have three wide receivers that have a good target share. LaVisca at 22%, Chark at 20%, Marvin Jones at 18%. LaVisca is probably going to be a wide receiver three, but he's being drafted much outside of that. He's inside my top 30 wide receivers. He's like wide receiver 26 for me. I expect him to have similar efficiency metrics, just more volume compared to last year. And so in PPR, this is my guy. I go running back heavy at the top. 
You guys know this by now. I try and grab a tight end early. And if I'm going running back heavy at the top and getting a tight end early, I'm super happy. Because you know what that means? That means in the fifth round, I'm getting, in the fourth or fifth round, I'm getting Cooper Cup or Robert Woods as my wide receiver one. Both are top 12 wide receivers for me this year. I think Woods might be like 13, but Cooper Cup is wide receiver 10. And then around round seven or eight, I'm getting Tyler Boyd. And then in that same range, I'm getting LaVisca Chenault. And I'm coming out the draft with one of the Rams receivers, Tyler Boyd, LaVisca Chenault, maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster as my like three or four main wide receivers with super stacked up running backs and an elite tight end. That's usually how my drafts end up. And that's kind of how I've always been. I've always been a, a running back heavy guy because I feel like personally, I'm really good at identifying late wide receivers in fantasy every single year. And I don't think this year is going to be any different. That's usually my um, usually my position of strength in terms of finding mid-round values. It's usually the wide receiver position. So that's why I usually take that position in the middle of drafts. So anyways, LaVisca Chenault is going to be very good. I love him as my wide receiver three after going running back heavy. DJ Chark, off that 20% target share, he's probably going to be a little better than last year. He's going to bounce back. He's got Marvin Jones also there teaching him, and they both have a very similar play style in my mind. I think Marvin Jones is going to help DJ Chark get a better get better at a lot of things. DJ Chark is a wide receiver four for me in rankings, but he's got a decent ceiling, and it makes him somewhat appealing because it is possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is possible. He outdoes LaVisca Schnall. Marvin Jones, I have at 18% of the targets. The coaching staff connection with Bevel from Detroit is worth mentioning. He's got a limited ceiling, though, because he's probably going to top out at best as the third target in the offense, not including possible injury. So I can't really see him like becoming like a super stud that you guys can play every week. I do think he's going to be highly picked up off the waiver because I would not be surprised week one if he has like a touchdown and 80 yards and everyone's like oh my gosh Marvin Jones is still super good which is probably true but they're gonna pick him up and they're gonna think you know I have a flex guy for the rest of the season he's gonna be super hit or miss from week to week in my opinion because I don't see him surpassing Chark and Marvin uh not Marvin Jones Chark and LaVisca Schnault for targets so it's not somebody I'm too too interested in so let's talk about the actual projections Trevor Lawrence have him at 574 passes 373 completions, 3,992 yards, just missing the 4K mark, 24 passing touchdowns, 425 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. That makes him my quarterback 15 at 18.8 points per game. He is right between Justin Fields and Big Ben for me, but Justin Fields, if he doesn't start week one, then Trevor Lawrence and him are going to flip. And Trevor Lawrence will be quarterback 14. Justin Fields will be 15. Because as of right now, I have Fields projected for the whole season. If he does not win that job during the preseason, and they say Dalton is going to start, then I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields. LaVisca Chenault is my wide receiver 26. He's got 13.9 points per game. I have him right between Chase Claypool and Brandon Cooks. You're probably thinking, you just said LaVisca is over Claypool. And yes, I 100% believe that. And I'll probably take LaVisca over Claypool, but that was in regards to Dynasty. Dynasty is where I definitely want LaVisca more because I think LaVisca is going to continue to grow. His role is going to get better. And DJ Chark, we're looking at actually both of these receivers seeing a lot of people leave soon. DJ Chark might be gone. Marvin Jones will not be there for long. 
And who knows what happens with James Robinson. If James Robinson does get moved, then Travis Etienne will probably be less of a factor in terms of pulling away targets, or at least the running back position as a whole, as he's going to take a lot more of a workload on the carry side of things. So LaVisca is going to have a huge boost in opportunity. Same thing with Claypool, with Juju probably leaving, and then one of Deontay or James Washington leaving. But there's a difference here. LaVisca has a franchise quarterback. Chase Claypool does not. We have no idea what's going on with Claypool there. And LaVisca is a better wide receiver in almost every single metric. And if you guys really are interested in like a LaVisca versus Claypool debate, go check out that YouTube video. It's old. It's probably like, I don't know, at this point, three months old. But everything in there has not changed. They were just, I was building my argument off of what I saw during the season from both of the guys, what I collected in terms of scouting from them in college, and a bunch of metrics, you know, talking about how much separation they're creating, what their catch rates are in certain situations, yada, yada, yada. So all of that stuff is still applicable. So if you want to check it out, I highly encourage you to do so. And hit me up with like a comment or or a like or anything on the video if you do watch it. It helps me out. Anyways, I have LaVisca Chanel at 126 targets, 91 receptions, 991 receiving yards, 6 touchdowns. I have him for 20 carries, 100 rushing yards as well. And here's another thing with LaVisca Chanel. He is between Claypool and Brandon Cooks for me. So technically, he's behind Claypool. But LaVisca Chanel, I have projected for 6 touchdowns. If Trevor Lawrence plays better than I'm projecting and he throws for 28 touchdowns, 29 touchdowns, similar to like Justin Herbert last year, maybe 30, then LaVisca Chenault could easily get more than six touchdowns. He could end up with nine or 10. And I've got Claypool projected for a pretty decently high amount of touchdowns. So if you just even those touchdowns out, LaVisca is going to be much better, actually. DJ Chark, I have him at wide receiver 41, 11.3 points per game between Jarvis Landry and Will Fuller. I have him at 115 targets, 68 receptions, 941 yards, and five touchdowns. Marvin Jones at wide receiver 56 at 10.2 points per game between Russell Gage and Debo Samuel. He's got 103 targets for me, 66 receptions, 827 yards, and four touchdowns. James Robinson and Travis Etienne are back-to-back for me. They're running backs 28 and 29. Robinson's at 11.4 points per game, Etienne at 11.1. Robinson is right under Damian Harris. Travis Etienne is right above the combo of James Conner, Chase Edmonds. And they're actually right next to each other. So I think the Jacksonville combo at running back is actually going to outscore the Arizona combo at running back, which that might be a little bit of a hot take. So with that said, Robinson, I have him at 920 rushing yards and Etienne at 545 rushing yards. Etienne at 52 receptions for 400 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Robinson for 30 receptions, 193 yards and one touchdown. So Overall, Robinson I have for about 1,100 total yards, 9 touchdowns. ETN, 900 total yards, or 950 total yards, and 7 touchdowns. So they're pretty close to each other, as you can see, because that receiving gives ETN that boost to get closer to Robinson, despite being behind in yardage and touchdowns. With that said, thank you guys for tuning in to Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We just went over the Jacksonville Jaguars. As you know, LaVisca Chenault, Trevor Lawrence, those are going to be the two guys I draft the most from this team. Have a good one. Peace.